Hi, my name is Jared Dudley, and you're listening to the Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. I feel like it has been just months and months of waiting, and I guess that it really has, and that years. And that is all because years, yes, depending on how you put it. But that is all because we had to wait through the playoffs and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, uh, free agency has started. It's a few hours into it. We do have the major moves. Anyway, thank you so much for everybody right now watching on the YouTube to the Sun Solar Panel podcast. My name is Tim Tompkins. Finally, making his triumphant return, Mr. Espo. What is up? A little time in Hawaii, a free agent point guard, and all of a sudden, everything's beautiful in the world. It's all great. it took was a trip for you to go to Hawaii, man. You oh. should. You need to go more often. I'm going to go once a week from now on so I can have this rosy perspective of what's going on here in Phoenix. Well, once once a week for nine uh, weeks so we can break, uh, make up for nine years of awfulness. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, Sorry, uh, honey. We got to spend all of our money going to Hawaii all the time just for my son's fandom. Exactly, and I think it's. I think that's rational. I really do. And I cannot forget Mr. Dave King at Dave King NBA on Twitter. What's up, man? No, because I keep talking over you. No, yeah, well. you can never forget me. <laughs> Uh, so we're also coming up on summer league. We're only going to talk about for a couple of minutes on Wednesday's episode. We're really going to dive into uh, sun summer league, sun summer league roster and everything. But if you guys watching right now on the YouTube, or if you're listening on your podcast right now, and you're heading out to Vegas for sun summer league, we are co-organizing with the fanning the flames podcast along with bright side of the sun, a Phoenix suns fans get together. This is on Saturday, July 6th. It's at the Mirage hotel at 8 PM at the Stills Crafts and Drafts uh, bar inside of the Mirage Hotel. You can head on over to our Facebook and you can RSVP to it there. But myself, Espo, and Dave will all be there. Yep, and so will the Fan in the Flames guys and a bunch of other people. Last year we had about 20, 25 people show up. All the other different podcasts were there as well. Um, so I'm not sure exactly who's RSVP'd so far, but I'm looking forward to having a good time. By the way, Tim, I am very glad that you could take a few minutes away from your call center job to uh, host the show tonight. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I've been battling this mic issue. Everybody knows about it. For some reason, it's only recording one channel, and I thought I had it fixed. It didn't fix it, so I'm going to this USB thing. And uh, so if you're listening on headphones to the podcast hopefully it's not as annoying but uh what's probably really annoying is the fact that we have not talked about the fact that the phoenix suns have signed finally 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 and yes i'm very biased because i've always loved ravishing ricky rubio to a three-year 51 million dollar deal uh how you guys are doing? the suns gonna have the best looking team in the in the um league it depends. Does Kelly Oubre resign? We haven't seen that yet. So if he does, I think I think that's one sexy, sexy group of uh, starting uh, people. There's like a 95% chance he's going to resign. I, I just I wish I was watching the uh, the jump live uh, episode they got going on on ESPN two. Yeah. And every time something major happened, they had like these these rockets that were going off in the back. <laughs> I wish we had that in here. Probably a fire hazard since I'm in a closet, but that is how excited I am about it, Ricky Rubio. We it probably about- threw off. Yeah, probably threw off a means game <laughs> with all that, you know, exploding behind him. Let's be honest though. You look at it 
and we were talking about Ricky Rubio well over a year ago. I've been standing for this guy for a while. I did not think they had a chance. Everything we had read was Ricky Rubio wanted to go to a contender was, was what we were hearing. And instead he decides he wants to pair with, with Booker and Aiton. And he, and you told people that that is the big reason why he came here was because he's excited to play with Booker and Aiton. Well, let's, uh, I, I know let's be honest, he's excited for $17 million a year. Very true. But honestly, he had options. He chose Phoenix in the end. He wasn't forced to come here via trade. This was a guy that chose to come to Phoenix, a guy that uh, is a is, is a top, I'll say 15 point guard. I'd probably argue top 12 point guard in the league. He's very good. They solved the point guard problem on this roster now. He's a distributor. People are arguing with me on on social media about this. And I talked with a, with an NBA coach who said, this guy is a legit distributor. He's going to be what Booker has needed his entire career mm-hmm. in Phoenix. So for those of you who want to sit here and say, he's not a distributor, stop trying to, trying to put that out there. He is. He's the best distributor they've had since Goran. Uh, and I'm excited for that. This young group, they have shooters now. They have guys like Aiton who can create their own offense, and now they have a guy to put them in a position to do that. Sure, did they overpay a bit at $17 million? Yes, but that is the tax you have to pay when you've been as bad as this team has been. This is how you show to the league that you're back at the table to try to get guys. I have a massive apology to make right now. I apologize to James Jones. I have been very harsh on James Jones. I have said some very negative things about James Jones. But right now, James, congratulations. You pulled off one heck of a a last week. You fixed a power forward situation. You still need to get a backup, but you got a guy in Sarich who can start there. You got Ricky Rubio, who is the best point guard you've had in years here, who will make all the guys around him better. I am officially on board. Congratulations. You can count me as a convert to to your way of thinking here. Uh, you put these guys with Monty Williams, uh, and I think you've got a lot going for you now. So, okay, so this is YouTube Live. So the people following along are going to be following along right with us as the news breaks that Al Horford has signed a four-year max or $109 million guaranteed deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. I thought you said we're going to say Suns. I was going to be very no. confused. With the Philadelphia 76ers who have Joel Embiid, who's one of the top centers in the game. So I'm not quite sure how that fits, but they also traded Jimmy Butler, signed and traded Jimmy Butler to Miami for Josh Richardson, all while we were setting this up and going live. So um, I just think that's really interesting. And by the way, I always knew and, you know, I get to puff my chest a little bit, but I always knew that Miami pick was not going to be great in 2021. I always knew that because there's no way Pat Riley goes into a 19, 20, 25 win season with his team. That's never going to happen. So now they got Jimmy Butler. They're going to be riding into the playoffs yet again. That's going to be a, um, a 20s number. Who draft cares, Dave? The Suns are, the We're Suns on are a back. Show. We're the on Suns a Suns show. All right. We got a point guard. So, li- listen, guys. All right. So Ricky Rubio, he has a three to one assist to turnover ratio last season. 
Um, he also has a 32% assist percentage. He is absolutely a point guard. A listener comment, Rubio, this is by uh, Beezus Christ over on uh, YouTube. Jesus. He says, Rubio is like broccoli. He may not be sweet, but it's exactly what the Suns need. Exactly. Rubio is our vegetables. He's the best passer we've Wait, Greg, you already did your rant. Let me talk for a second. He, <laughs> he's the best passer the Suns have had since Steve Nash. He's a better passer than Goran Dragic. He's a better passer than Eric Bledsoe. He's a better playmaker than Brandon Knight. I mean, you guys, the, the thing is, we're not used to somebody being a pass-first point guard around anymore. And so the thing is that when when uh, a couple of people responded to me that uh, Devin Booker's not going to like giving up the ball, Devin Booker's going to love giving up the ball to this guy. And you know what Devin Booker's really good at? Shooting. Maybe we should let Devin Booker be a shooter again. And we've added... The Suns have added, and here I go, saying we. I'm, I'm that excited. Uh, the Suns have added Dario Saric. Uh, uh, they've added Cam Johnson in the draft. They're, they're going to have some shooters. Even Aaron Baines can make a couple. Um, they're going to have some shooters around this team this next year, and Ricky Rubio is going to get the ball to all of them. And then you dump it down to DeAndre Ayton, and you're going to have uh, a lot of lob opportunities and drop-off opportunities for DeAndre Ayton to score on a pick-and-roll. We're just not used to a guy like Ricky Rubio running this team, and it's going to be very fun to watch. Yes, it'll be frustrating when the defenses play off him by 20 feet, but you know what? All he's going to do is is drive in, draw, force the defense to come at him, and then dish it off to one of the guys around the three-point line or dump it down to Aiden toward the middle. Or draw yeah. or draw a foul. He's a great foul shooter. So. He is a 85% foul through free throw shooter. So no, the guy knows how to play the game and he plays defense. He gets steals. He was on one of the best defenses in the league uh, last two years in Utah. The, the guy knows how to play. And, and he, he also knows, the, he also knows how to make a post entry pass, which is something that wait, uh, wait, what he knows how to make a post entry pass. Exactly. There is something called <laughs> yes. a post entry pass. Uh, and you haven't seen one of those. And don't forget how good Rubio was when he was playing with Kevin Love back in Minnesota. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget. Plus when he was uh, in Utah and he was playing with Donovan Mitchell, uh, he's clearly able to play off the ball a little bit as well with a ball dominant combo shooting guard, like a Devin Booker. Well, and look, when he was playing with Carl Anthony Towns his last year in Minnesota, he averaged nine assists a game. Like this guy, this guy can play. There are now I talked with another NBA source and he pointed out, this is a guy that his last two teams have moved off of him to quote unquote improve the point guard position. But look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get down on this guy because he's Minnesota improved with uh, Jeff T. That's the argument that, no, that, that no, this no, person no. made. Minnesota just wanted to spend their money in other places. Yeah. Ricky Rubio's been the last on his contract. He's made twelve to fifteen million dollars a year on an escalating contract. The last four years. And so Ricky Rubio is used to making the money and he's good. And he brings a lot of positive things to a team. No, he can't shoot. So, but, but he's worth it on, on having on a team. It's just Minnesota wanted to go in a different direction. And and frankly, Jeff Teague is not an upgrade out. I can't believe anybody would say that. Well, and Utah too, they had a disappointing year last year. I feel like they felt like they had to make moves to justify where they were two years ago for Rick Rubio's first year, they made the playoffs. So I'm not, I'm not buying too much into that either. I, there is a palpable excitement about this from people who know what they're talking about. Uh, 
we have i get it there's there's fans out there burning their imaginary uh d'angelo russell jerseys right now in protest uh, and angry and and fine you can be angry but i i just i don't buy into that i never bought into the d'lo hype i wanted brogdon more than i wanted d'angelo russell and brogdon when you saw what indiana had to give up to get brogdon in both money and draft picks 21 million expensive not worth it. They gave him a first yeah. and a second plus twenty one million a year. It was too. It was too expensive to go sit at that table. It wasn't worth it. So let's talk about money for a minute. Um, as far as point guards being paid in the NBA, uh, Ricky Rubio would would rank with his new seventeen million dollar a year deal around twelfth or thirteenth in the NBA, behind several players, including Jeff Teague, who's <laughs> is still making more money than him. Um, all these players are still under contract. Then today, even just today, he is the fifth highest paid point guard paid in free agency today behind Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Malcolm Brogdon, and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier got $19 million a year to play in Charlotte. That is Thank nuts. you, Michael Jordan. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. The Suns were apparently <laughs> in talks, according to people, uh, with Rozier earlier today, but they probably choked on the salary demands. And so my guess is that the Suns figured Terry Rozier wasn't worth $19.3 million. And he's not. Um, <laughs> a year. So, yeah. So I think that's a really good uh, situation for him and uh, for, for Terry Rozier, for sure. He's going to get a lot of money for three years. He kind of makes me think of a Reggie Jackson as far as um, getting way too much money for his value on the court. And I think Ricky Rubio has by far proven himself as a starting caliber point guard. Ricky Rubio is shooting. Um, there, uh, he's not as bad as advertised, right? So around the rim last season, he shot 58%. Uh, field goals within three to 10 feet, he shot 38%. And corner threes, he shot 37%. Uh, so he's just the type of player that needs to pick and choose his shots. Well, and he should be, uh, you know, if you look at two years ago as well, I believe he shot 35% from three. So he's shown the ability in the past. I, yeah. Would you have loved to have a guy that shot better from long distance? Yeah. But you also got a guy who's better defensively than, uh, than the main guy fans wanted in D'Angelo Russell. So there's a little given trade there as well. He's a better fit next to Devin Booker than, than a lot of the other names that were out there. All right. So we didn't get Corey Joseph. Yeah. Just remember Corey Joseph and Darren (laughs) Collison were, were the realistic names a few days ago that everybody was panicked about. Uh, And, and Ricky Rubio seemed like he wasn't an option because of personal preference. This is a huge win and fans will eventually realize that right now there's just some that are, that are hung up on, well, Devin Booker's going to be pissed because they didn't sign his best friend. Well, sometimes it's not, I get NBA players today want to play with their friends is, is what they all feel. But you know what also feels real good to a player like Devin Booker winning. And I think they're started to build the kind of high IQ that will lead to wins in the Valley and make Booker and Aiton better because of some of these signings they've made. So let's go ahead and talk about how the roster stands as of right now. And this is my projected uh, depth chart. If you guys disagree with it, feel free to uh, correct me on any of this. Point guard starting Ricky Rubio, backup Ty Jerome. Shooting guard Booker, backup Tyler Johnson. Small forward Bridges, 
uh, I didn't include Ubre because Ubre isn't uh, signed with the team. Cam Johnson and Josh Jackson. Power forward, Dario Saric. That's it. Uh, center, DeAndre Ayton and Aaron Baines. How are we feeling? Significantly improved. Yeah. That's a much, much better roster than the one that the Suns played last year. I mean, just think about that point guard rotation. For on, on, I feel so bad for Igor Kokoshko, who, by the way, has to uh, spend another year playing with Trevor Reza's last legs in the <laughs> NBA. Um, so, but anyway, I feel so bad for Igor because the Suns went into last season with a point guard rotation of Isaiah Kanan, DeAnthony Rookies, DeAnthony Melton, and Elia Kobo, who each had not played point guard for very long in their entire career. And now you've got uh, Ricky Rubio starting at point. Just that alone is better. And then Dario Saric is basically the 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 guy you always wish Dragan Bender would have become. And you forgot, cash considerations can back up at all these positions that they got for TJ Warren. I, speaking of cash considerations, shameless plug portion of the podcast, head over to sunshirts.com. Uh, some great shirts there, including our new one. It's a jersey that you can get that looks like a Suns jersey. Cash considerations on the back. Dollar sign is the number. Go support the show. Sunshirts.com. <laughs> hey, and rock them at Summer League. I'll, uh, I'll be wearing one at Summer League. A cash consideration shirt. <laughs> um, but we do have a, a couple of people right now that are asking on the YouTube chat. Uh, Bender, he coming back. If, if they, <laughs> at the minimum, maybe he could be a, a third string power forward here. Uh, there's still there's still questions at that backup power forward. I wouldn't be shocked if they find a way to get a guy like a Frank Kaminsky that you take a, a flyer on to see if you can, uh, can find a way to rejuvenate his, uh, his career as a stretch for, I don't think it's a re it's, it's just a juvenile <laughs> or juvenile. He was good in college. I don't know. Yeah, they, let's, but, let's, let's juvenate his career, but I, they have to address the backup power forward. Could Bender be in play because of, uh, constraints on salary, maybe. I I, I wouldn't. Well, let's let's shot. talk about money, right? So now, if the Suns um, put themselves at the cap right now, they're slightly over the cap because they have to make some further moves. We all know they're going to make. They're going to not have Josh Jackson next year. They're going to not have one or both of Melton and Nakobo just simply because they even signed Jalen Lequeux to a four-year deal, two years guaranteed as as a point guard prospect as well, a nineteen-year-old. So they basically moved on. We just need to accept that from D'Anthony Melton and Elliot Kobo. So those three guys will almost certainly be off the team next year. That'll make up the salary needed. You've also got the movement possible with Tyler Johnson if the Suns have a good power forward that they want to target because that's really the position they're still looking for is power forward now that they have Rubio. Um, so I really think that that if the Suns want to spend a lot of money, they can go Tyler Johnson. If they want to spend only a little bit of money, Here's what they have. They're going to get themselves below the cap enough to get um, uh, to get Ricky Rubio on the books. And then they're going to have a something called a room exception, which is uh, $4.8 million a year for up to two years. You, the Suns will probably spend that around uh, second week of July when the, these guys are running out of deals. I mean, we're already seeing guys taking two-year deals uh, right off the bat today. Rodney Hood just take an eight, took an $8 million a year two-year deal. In a week, guys like that, um, the power forward version of guys like that are going to take one or two year deals at $4 million, $4 million a year. 
Ed Davis is a is a guy who's uh, a perfect example of a dude who always waits till the second week, gets an undervalued deal, signs with the team, rebounds like crazy, and then is on the market again the next year. So he might be a guy. Uh, you've got maybe a Frank Kaminsky. I'm hoping the Suns focus on somebody who can play a little bit of defense and block a couple of shots. That would be nice uh, from the power forward position. That'd be good. That was it. <laughs> There's not more money to be found. We're not shaking um, the couch cushion. I, 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 I always sign minimum deals. Can yeah. can can you guys clarify uh, the room exception? Did they get that with the TJ Warren trade? No, they were going to be under the they were going to be under the cap no matter what. The TJ Warren trade only got them a couple more million dollars under before they gave um, all that to Rubio. Um, the uh, the Suns were going if you come in under the cap and then you cap out, basically spend up to the hundred nine million dollars on your 2019-20 salaries, you get something called a room exception, which is basically hey, we want to give you a little bit more money to spend. And so it can be for up to two years. It's similar to the biannual exception, except you can use it every year. You, you'd start this way. Um, and it's $4.8 million a year, which is twice as big as the biannual exception uh, for up to two years. Uh, a lot of people are asking about Derek Favors. And then if I heard you correctly, yeah. Dave, because I was doing some producer stuff on the side where you're talking about the cap, the Suns yeah. have... Uh, 2.4 million uh, in cap space. They might have another four. Um, well, hold on. They're going to be over by, they're over by 2 million now. So they've got to do, get rid of Josh Jackson or even stretch him. I mean, technically speaking, you can do that. You can stretch Josh Jackson over three years because he only has one guaranteed year left and just let him go. Or you can find a home for him. That brings you 7 million. Right now they're 2.4 over before doing stuff with their contracts. Um, so the Suns will get to them, get themselves to the under point. And that's even without releasing Tyler Johnson. If you, if you can clear enough money, it's quite possible that the Suns will be able to create enough room to bring in a Derek Favors type. He's looking for about 17 or more a year. I just saw that running by Twitter. That's what he's made last year. He's not going to want less than that. Someone's going to give it to him, even if it's the Knicks, um, he can play center. He can play power forward. He certainly rebounds and defends extremely well. That would be a wonderful get for the Suns, but they've got to do a lot of cap maneuvering. And maybe that's, you know, you could do it by simply just releasing all these guys, uh, but hopefully they can trade those guys for assets. The thing about releasing Tyler Johnson is I, I, I think that a lot of people really undervalue the fact that he can play backup point guard really well. He can also play backup shooting guard. And if you release him, that's a very clear hole in the roster. Um, not necessarily two positions because they do have a bunch of rookie or second year point guards, but without, you know, somebody of value really at that position that's ready to lead a team. Um, and I think that uh, Tyler Johnson does have uh, a lot of value there. What about Troy Daniels? Well, hold on. <laughs> before, before we move on, if, you, if you're getting rid of Tyler Johnson for a Derek Favors type, you do it because you can find cheap minimum backup shooting guards you could find a, a guy that could play that combo backup point guard shooting guard i mean they had that guy uh last year on the roster and, and numerous veterans uh, that they had and jamal crawford being one of them so i i think if you can get a Derek favors type you do it because that makes your team significantly better if that's the reason that you're getting rid of tyler johnson 
so you you just to clarify, um, you would rather have a backup power forward on the team of quality than a backup shooting guard slash point guard. You could argue that Favors would start over Saric. Uh, and so you'd, you'd have a guy that is starting caliber power forward, whether you whether he backs up Saric or it's depending on matchups who starts. But that is a quality kind of guy that, that gets you a handful more wins than, yeah. than I think Tyler Johnson does. Yeah, Favors is a much, much better backup for the money than Tyler Johnson is as a backup for, for as, as a guard. Yeah. Right. And then assuming that if the Suns were able to do it, they probably wouldn't be signing him to a one-year deal. So there's added value in that as well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, fair enough. So uh, what do you guys think happens to Kobo or and Melton? Somebody's G League team's getting better, baby. <laughs> um, I think both those guys will be better this next year and they'll probably be um, NBA quality. Will they be Ricky Rubio quality? No. Um, if people are complaining about Ricky Rubio shooting, they cannot. They are not allowed to want D'Anthony Melton to come back. You're just not allowed. It's not you. It's it's a it's a completely asinine argument to say that. Um, Elia Kobo has the potential to be a little bit better uh, shooting, but he's not a passer and he can't and he doesn't play defense. He's not ready yet. Both those guys, as Greg said, need G League time. Um, they need more time to develop, and the Suns are not willing to give it to them because this front office brought in Ty Jerome and Jalen LeCue, I'll just repeat. So there's no way they're going to bring back Elia Kobo and D'Anthony Melton. The, the, it's amazing how much the basketball IQ has increased this, this offseason so far, and I feel like that is what Monty Williams – uh, basically told James Jones is what he needs to be successful is guys that are smart from a basketball perspective, guys that can go out there and execute and do the things that need to be done that make everybody else around them better. Did you add a superstar? No, but I don't think you ever were going to this off season. You've gotten significantly better. They were not going to go from the mail room to the boardroom this off season, but what they've done is they've gotten out of the basement They've gotten better, and they put themselves in a position to potentially surprise this year and and be better going into 2020, 2021, and, and that's really a positive to me. I know it's a low bar. People wanted to be a playoff team going into this year, but this is a much better, smarter, and likely more entertaining basketball team than we've seen in a very long time in Phoenix. Any team with Ricky Rubio running the point is going to be in in a in an offense that's suited for him, which uh, we got we have yet to see with Monty Williams. I don't think Ricky Rubio really stood out in Utah. He did a very good job in Utah, but I don't think he stood out. He stood out a lot more in Minnesota um, two years prior. And if you put an offense in there that that features Ricky Rubio's best qualities and allows Devin Booker to be more of a shooting guard, secondary playmaker. I think that could be a very dynamic offense. And it all does depend on the shot making, uh, for sure. Not Ricky Rubio's, but everybody else's. I want to I ask you guys something. And Tim, I apologize. I'm stepping on your toes as a point guard. But I want to understand from your perspective, both of you, and I threw this out on Twitter yesterday, is the, was the obsession with De- uh, D'Angelo Russell more about the fact that fans just wanted to see something big happen that was different 
than the last uh, you know nine years? Or was it really that they loved what D'Angelo Russell would bring and how it looked next to Devin Booker? Because to me, I just feel like it was grasping, trying to grasp at something. He's Booker's friend. He made an all-star game. Let's just get him. And, and not really thinking beyond that. Tim. Um, I thought it was weird. It, it was like two months ago, nobody's really talking about D'Angelo Russell. And then when you get on Suns Twitter, it's either the Suns get D'Angelo Russell or everyone's going to stop being fans of the franchise. And it was, it was a real quick uh, zero to 60 on what would happen if the Suns did not get D'Angelo Russell. I, it, I thought it was strange, but it, Suns Twitter uh, has also been a really strange place over the last couple of days. With Just a, a little bit. With a lot of people yelling at a lot of people anytime they don't agree with uh, one of their takes on a player or what have you. And it, they're, they're a, I, it, it's 10 years of culmination of being a shitty-ass team. And it's getting yeah. to people. It's clearly getting to us as podcasters to a certain extent anyway. And it's hard. And I think that's what it was. And D'Angelo Russell represented for Suns plan uh, for Suns fans a young player that was good that Devin Booker liked and so they just put all all their chips in on this player but honestly I want to like ask him have any of them watched more than 10 games of D'Angelo Russell last no. season no no they didn't I think you're right I think Suns Twitter had the basketball equivalent of blue balls right now and I think that's what was going on <laughs> I mean they yeah. wanted they wanted to burn down John Gambadoro's house for turning out 100% right in his reporting. Like, it's just a we it was a weird, weird place the last two there weeks. There was a lot of attacking of, of John Gambadoro. <laughs> a poor guy. Yeah, a very odd place. Dave, what, what was your thoughts overall on it? Um, my thoughts on, on whether, uh, I'll tell you what. I have to admit that I watched very few Brooklyn Nets games this past year. I don't know how many Suns fans who are on Twitter, at least, and, and in the in the community who were dying over D'Lo coming to Phoenix, uh, watched more than a handful of Nets games last year. And I, I my recollection was that when Karis LeVert was healthy last fall, D'Angelo Russell was being taken out of fourth quarters because they felt better about having Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and guys like that on the floor and Joe Harris on the floor in fourth quarters. But when Karis LeVert went down, that's when D'Angelo Russell stepped up and played very well, very, very well in December, January. He got into the All-Star game, more power to him, great job. Uh, and he finished the season really well. So that was a huge, huge step up for D'Angelo Russell. Is he a great fit next to Booker? Well, sure, on a playground in AAU, you know, things like that, where all they're doing is scoring. Great scorer, good shooter. He does not score at the rim. He does not draw uh, free throws. He does not play much defense. He's got the talent, but he doesn't have the discipline. And you've already got Devin Booker without discipline on defense. You really want to add D'Angelo Russell and have those guys enabling each other to not have discipline on defense. I think that might have been really tough for Monty Williams to actually manage those guys being above everything else if they were on the on the court together. I mean, may I I'm 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 sure I have a uh, sour taste in my mouth when the, from when the Morris brothers were here. <laughs> they eventually felt like they were better than the organization. They were better than the coaching staff. They were better than anything. And we used to talk about the fact that they would just go home at night and talk about all this stuff, build each other up tear everybody else down and come back with a chip on their shoulders the next day. And I worry, 
I do worry that that might have happened. With, I don't know that it would have, but Booker and D'Angelo Russell probably would not have come to the court every night ready to play defense 40 minutes a night. I really don't think well, that would have happened. Well, we do know we do know that Devin Booker wouldn't have, right? So, <laughs> well, and if he's able by his buddy, and neither of them really cares that much about it beyond, okay, yeah, it's important. You know, actually doing it, I think that would have been a challenge. Look, and it's it's not like D'Angelo Russell is going to sign for three years at seventeen million per. It's not like he's going to get the same exact deal as Ricky no, Rubio. He's going to get the max, and that's yeah. the difference here. He's going to well, get a huge amount of money over four years. That that I think was part of the reason why you just look at it and you go, this doesn't necessarily make sense because then you've tied up four years and max money and two guys that aren't going to play defense in your backcourt. And does that get you to be a better basketball team in the long run? You have a better accumulation of talent, but do you become a better basketball team? Uh, there's a listener comment that I want to read uh, gentlemen on YouTube that I really agree with. And I want to see if you guys kind of feel the same way. It's from, uh, by the way, everybody, thank you so much for logging on right now and being online with us during this live pod. Um, Tim just t- chatted over here that um, the, there's there were 240 people watching a little while ago. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty awesome. Um, so the bearded gentleman, he said, I just didn't want us to not even bother trying for D'Lo or Brogdon and then end up with Rozier or Joseph intentionally selling ourselves short. Collectively, I think most Suns fans agreed with that. Please don't come out of this with Corey Joseph or or Darren Collison, but at the end of the day, just come out with somebody at least, right? But the, the weird thing is, if that was the position, uh, Suns Twitter, and that's the barometer I have because I'm not going door-to-door asking Suns fans, but based on Suns Twitter, it wasn't necessarily that. It was D-Lo or bust, and I don't – okay – I think they had a pretty good insight into what D'Angelo Russell wanted to do based on Devin Booker. I kind of wonder, did they get the sense that he didn't really want to come to Phoenix in part? Now, pure speculation there, but that plus uh, plus when you look at it and you go, okay, does, does Monty Williams want super high character guys? Does he not feel D'Angelo Russell is that? There were just things working against him. By the way, thanks, Craig Hamill, one of my favorite follows on social for uh, for watching the show right now. He's also got fantastic shirts. Uh, yeah. While we are at it, too, I do want to thank everybody that has been a supporter of the Sun Solar Panel podcast. So if you do feel like you get a lot out of the show um, and if you're watching on YouTube right now or you are listening to the podcast, you can open up the description or the show notes and there's a support the show button. Uh, where you can do a $1, a $5, or a $10 a month uh, donation. And I do want to go ahead and thank Zach Hensley uh, for supporting the podcast. Zach's an awesome dude who actually sent me on Instagram a uh, picture of the Sun Solar Panel on TV. (laughs) And I forget, though, that some people actually watch this on TV because they have smart TVs and they can do that on YouTube and that kind of thing. We're Um, like the new starters. Yeah. uh, Oh. I am so I am so sorry for you guys that have to see us in like high definition on a sixty-five inch television. <laughs> that is just bad, and I apologize. Uh, can I? I'm 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 doing the NBA TV kind of reporter thing. I'm looking at Twitter while we're doing the the show too, and I got people yelling at me that I'm getting too excited for a team that's going to maybe play 500 basketball. Do we not remember where this team has been? How we literally would have sacrificed Dave 
to to have a 500 basketball team. Oh my god! Like I would be very excited to watch a a team that's 500 and playing interesting basketball. And part of the discussion for an eighth seed, at least into February, rather than being completely out of it by the end of October. Yeah, I would be happy to see 500 basketball because you're building towards something. Look at how excited and look at how excited the Sacramento Kings fans were this past year. They went into this summer actually not even looking forward to free agency in the draft because they had their team. They had their core. They were excited about what was going to happen because they had had a fun 30 something win year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they had a fun They were going up. They were getting better from the prior years. Let's not forget. This is a team that, one at an average of 24 or 23 games over the past four years. Unbelievably bad. Let's be competitive. And then let's go for something better. The Sacramento Kings are trying to stair step up their ladder and everyone can see it just a year ago. Don't you remember the game of zones, um, uh, the game of zones that was put out where we were going to be merged into one franchise, the sun Kings. And the whole thing was just a sham of us being confused over who was on each other's rosters. Now the Kings are suddenly like legit and the Suns are still at the bottom of the heap. Well, how about the Suns be legit for once? Let's do that. And then let's talk about um, how awful it is for other teams. Well, it's also something that we've spoke about many times before, but you don't go from, from 19 wins to 40 overnight, right? Like you start getting some good players and you start winning some games and then maybe you attract a free agent and you work yourself out through trade to become a respectable team. Um, and, and that is a point in which this franchise needs to get to and needs to get to quick. And that's essentially what they did. So I, I do. And I, you guys can correct me also if uh, I missed anything in this um, right here. So James Jones, since becoming GM, the players that are out, Ryan Anderson, TJ Warren and Trevor Ariza. Players added. Tyler Johnson, Ricky Rubio, Aaron Baines, Dario Saric, uh, Kelly Oubre, Jimmer Fredette, Jamal Crawford. That's a much, much better team. Just a much, much better team. Right. Can can everyone just collectively and just stop uh, shitting on James Jones? <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's made good moves. I'm the first one. I'm, I like like I said at the open of this. I I totally was on that. I don't believe. I don't trust James Jones. You know what? I was wrong. I believe James Jones right now, and I actually kind of like that he plays things close to the vest. Like we're mm-hmm. not hearing all these crazy things. There was no word until all of a sudden Ricky Rubio is your starting point guard, and and Dario Saric is on your roster. Like boom, these things happen. We're not. There's not leaking. It's not getting public. You know, I'm I'm great with that too. Go in there and get the job done. You proved yourself, and that's what I always said was, if James Jones proves, you know, makes these moves, I will switch into a supporter. He made the moves. This is the first time in a few years that I feel genuinely optimistic about this, and I feel like I turned a corner as a fan thanks to, thanks to these moves. Let's let's just see some competitive basketball. I'm excited for that. And the Cam Johnson pick now makes a little bit more sense to me. You've got a guy in Ricky Rubio who's going to help guys get open shots. Cam Johnson may become a sniper out there for this mm-hmm. team because they have a point guard that can get him the ball. And he's going to be like the fourth option when he's out there. Uh, so th- this gets a lot more interesting with the pieces that are put around it and a point guard who can distribute. Uh, Everything just gets more interesting with a point guard. It just does. 
And this team being so, so much better than last year, I don't think people can grasp it. They just, we cannot grasp how much better this team is going to be next year. The wins, yeah, 30 wins over 19, 35 wins over 19. I mean, that's almost twice as many wins, guys. You know, it's not playoff level. It doesn't need to be playoff level yet. But this team is on the rise because their best players are 22-year-old Devin Booker and 20-year-old DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Rollin on YouTube pointed out that also Tyson Chandler out. So another move that James Jones made. Hey, what do you guys think of the uh, Rise Phoenix hashtag? Not my favorite, but at least it's more accurate today than it was two weeks ago when they uh, when they really or a week ago when they released it. So it didn't seem kind of lazy, you know. Time to rise, yeah. rise. It's like eh. rise PHX, which yeah. we are PHX. Let's just it, say rise. <laughs> let's let's just say this: it's a marketing slogan. the The best marketing yeah. is if they go out there and they be interesting. Then it doesn't right. matter what the hell hashtag you're slapping on there. You could slap on hashtag not trash, and it'd be super popular. Like it doesn't matter. Marketing, as a guy that works in it and worked very yeah. closely with the marketing department when I worked for the team, is putting lipstick on a pig when you're bad. So it really didn't matter what it was, nor does it right now. Uh, so we kind of skimmed over it, but before we end the show, unless there's anything else that uh, the people watching on YouTube want us to talk about that is Phoenix Suns related, no, we are not going to talk about Kawhi Leonard, um, or if there's anything that, <laughs> exactly, Before uh, we're going to talk about Kelly Oubre, but apart from that, unless there's anything that uh, Espo and Daywan talk about, Kelly Oubre, uh, he's going into meetings with the Suns now with a lot more leverage, I think, than he had before. Well, he's also going in knowing, I think, I think Kelly Oubre has always been on board with coming back. I think there has never been an indication. Let's, let's go back and actually look at the last several months and let's see what's actually come to fruition. And it's not just um, Oubre, but it's um, in January, we had James Jones who uh, came in to do a, a exclusive interview with Brightside. And he literally said in the interview that he'd rather have a 23-year-old upperclassman than a 19-year-old point guard next year. He'd rather have a 23-year-old who knew what he was doing coming out of the draft. Six months later, he drafts Cam Johnson. He said, I'm going to have five or six new rotation players that are veterans next year. He's done this. He's, he's done everything he said he was going to do. And what, he's, what the core of everything that he has said is that I've already got the young guys I want to build around. Whether these guys can win 50 games or not, we won't know unless we put actual NBA players around them to help them win 50 games, help them get closer. You've got to put support around these guys. You can't expect just a 22-year-old, the 20-year-old, the 23-year-old, the 21-year-old, all these guys. You can't win, expect them to win 50 games. You've got to give them good players around. That's what he's done. Some of those young guys are going to be sacrificed. The ones who aren't ready or just aren't performing, Josh Jackson, Elliot Kobo, DeAnthony Melton, Dragon Bender, those guys just are not going to be there. But you've got Kelly Oubre back to the way this started. Kelly Oubre is a piece of what they consider the core. And the reason isn't his stats that are on the score sheet. The reason are, are, is his attitude, his, his infectious energy. When he was healthy and these other guys were healthy, even that team this past spring was almost a 500 team. Kelly Oubre as a leader is going to grow into what the Suns need as a leader on the court to push DeAndre Ayton into being a, a tougher player. Um, Aaron Baines is going to push DeAndre Ayton into being a tougher player too, by the way. Um, and I think, I think the Suns are all moving in the right direction. 
Devin, Devin Booker is going to be able to focus on his shooting rather than his passing because he's got Ricky Rubio around him. This is all going to go really well. Um, yeah, when I say really well, I still mean 30 to 35 wins. I'm not trying to say this is a 50-win team. I'm saying this is a team that has to get to 50, 50 wins in a couple of years, in two or three years, but they're never going to get there with crap around them on the roster. And James Jones has done exactly what he said he was going to do. Yeah. I, he's also been amazing at subterfuge though, too, because as he said that to you guys, he said a lot of other things that seem to contradict that. And it turns out he was being very honest uh, on that bright side night and said a lot of other things to muddy the water along the way. And I Not give cool. him, I give him props for that. Like, because it, it helped make the plan be fulfilled here. Now, Ubre, I, I still want to see what these numbers are. I, I have a sneaking suspicion he might take a little less from the Suns because it's a place he genuinely wants to be than he might get uh, on the uh, on the open market elsewhere. Plus and a great it, role. Yeah, and it seems like the mm-hmm. Suns very much want him to be a major part of this. So, so this could be a win-win on both sides. Uh, and it's that move that, okay, fans were, were nuts about D'Lo, but I think where they really would be upset is if they let Ubre walk. Uh, I've been on the fence about how big of a, a thing from a basketball perspective that would be, but from a locker room culture excitement standpoint, I totally get it. And this could be a, a win-win. I, and my guess is they, they get this done relatively fast. Uh, with with Ubre, I don't think this is an extended thing. Gamble reported that uh, that at 6 p.m. East or, or 6 p.m. Arizona time on Sunday was when their meeting with him started. So I would not be shocked if uh, if this happens fast with Ubre. Uh, and and then you look at it and you go, you really do have a core, and you have those veterans around this group. And then when when Bridges is ready to be the starter, you've got a, a amazingly talented guy to be your sixth man and lead that second unit in Ubre uh, if it goes that way. Overall, uh, that that's exciting to me. Um, uh, <laughs> apparently we broke Tim. No, no, I was just I was there. Craig Hamill has a comment that I want to get in the show, but uh, before I do that, I was thinking Mikel Bridges. Everyone always lists him as a backup small forward. Uh, in my mind, he can play the two just fine. I'm sure he can play both positions. I think the question yeah. is, is he your starting small forward at some point because he adds that. Uh, additional high level defense and you're not sacrificing anything right. in long range shooting with it. That's I feel like look, in any, in any one game, there's, there's at least a dozen different lineups of five guys at once, just because of how the subs work. I really think Ubre can play two or three different positions at a few minutes at a time for sure. Bridges as well. Cam Johnson as well. Dario Sharich can go between small and, and power forward. Um, you've got, you've got a really great opportunity to put out a lot of different lineups with all actual NBA players in them at once. It's, it's kind of amazing. Um, A lot of people are asking us to talk about the fact that Dragic traded to the Mavs. You know what? Hey, he was, yeah, (laughs) I should have played with Doncic again anyway, in the NBA. Right. I, you know, honestly, would I have loved to see Gorn back? Yes. I'm a huge Gorn Dragic homer, and it's been very obvious and apparent on this show on Twitter that that's the case. Uh, 
But Rubio is a guy where if they had gotten Corey Joseph and Dragic got traded to the Mavs, my head would have exploded. He would have been the right kind of guy to bring yeah. in if you didn't get a guy like a Rubio. But you, you've got Rubio that that is younger and, and I think is, is a little bit better distributor. Dave brought that up earlier. Uh, so I'm not I'm not upset by that. Plus, I don't know how Gorn would have felt. They did just can his his Slovenian national coach, and there's been weird uh, weird issues with him in the past. So maybe as much as we heard the relationship was repaired, it still wouldn't have been the best. So would I have loved to have seen it? Yeah, would have loved Gogi back in Phoenix, but it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. Also yeah, worth Eric, noting, Eric, uh, Ricky. Sorry, Ricky Rubio's um, assist rate just this past year, in which he was actually in an offense that does not feature guys getting assists at all. Um, his assist rate was thirty-two point one this past year, thirty-two point point one percent of his possessions. Um, Eric Bledsoe's best year, going Dragic's best year with Phoenix, Brandon Knight's best year with Phoenix. None of them matched Ricky Rubio last year with Utah. Nope. I really no, feel sure. like that's going to go up. Uh, Ricky Rubio, 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 excuse me, is the best passing point guard since uh, Steve Nash, for sure. Um, He's also in his prime, 27 years old, three-year deal. He is a uh, top 15 point guard in his prime. I'm extremely excited. Craig Hamill on YouTube, he said, uh, Bender should be brought back, especially if the other option for a bench third string power forward is Kaminsky, like we said earlier. I I don't think that, I, I don't see why it would be a major problem to bring Bender back. He's never been uh, said to be a problem locker room or otherwise. Uh, If Monty Williams could coach him up and get that shot to fall, which is something we heard uh, in the draft process that he could hit those shots. If he can get him over that mental hurdle, because I really feel it's a mental hurdle. Guys don't forget how to shoot. They get some kind of uh, hitch in their, in their mental side of things. If Monty Williams can fix that, he's a great, a backup guy. And now I don't think there's the pressure of he has to be the guy because he was picked fourth since there's so many, so much other movement on this roster. He can just come in and try to play. Uh, correction. If, if, if your choices are Frank Kaminsky and Goran Dragic and Kaminsky would probably command more money, I'd probably uh, try to get Goran, or excuse me, not Goran Dragic, but uh, Dragan Bender. I'd probably prefer to bring Dragan Bender back over Frank Kaminsky. Uh, Armenta over on the YouTube chat says that Rubio is 29, not 27. He is absolutely right. Rubio was born in 1990, and uh, he has eight years' experience in the NBA. He is uh, Hold on. How do you How do you screw that math up? That's really easy. 90 to 2019. <laughs> Actually, basketball records literally list their age, and they had Rubio at 28 this year. Um, so he'll be 29 next year. Yes, he'll be here through his 29, 30, and 31 age or playing ages and still the point about the age that i made still significantly younger than Dragic. so um i i I screwed it up because i have like three screens over here guys well you just get to chill with one and not have to do anything except for make really intelligent (laughs) smart comments on the show uh that's how i screw those kinds of things up Are you st- so you're still working the the telemarketing job while you're on here, huh? I think everybody or, listening like, to the podcast it just appreciates the fact that my voice isn't only coming out of the left side, honestly. You know, it could be a one nine hundred number he's working, Greg. Hey, whatever gets the job done. This, yeah, <laughs> whatever pays the bills. I'm not going to uh, judge. 
Um, so we're pretty much done, right? We have we have another episode coming up on Wednesday before we all head out to Vegas, which is really exciting. Trying to get one of the guys from Fending the Flames on. Um, anything else you guys want to touch on though before we go? Let's let's look at it. All right, we're sitting here at six fifty five on Sunday. So if you're listening to the pod, something else may have happened. But do you guys at this moment expect any other surprises outside of just Ubre resigning? The big ones, no. They have small moves really, to make. Really love to see that um, um, Derek Favors is going to sign with the Phoenix Suns for some dollar amount that they're going to make come up out with, out of magic in the next six days. But other than that, I really don't think so. I I have some weird, and I have no basis for this per usual. Uh, I just have a weird feeling that something else will will happen because we've heard such radio silence on things uh, that that have happened that. I think they wind up getting a power forward we don't expect as well as as getting Ubre done here. Yeah, you're right, Greg. It'll probably be somebody we never even thought of. Or we thought was out of the out of the blue because man, everything that's happened, no one thought Iron Baines, nobody thought Dario Sarich, nobody thought Ricky Rubio would actually end up coming to the Suns. We all wrote him off. I think it's been that's been it's been uh, a, a good a good pattern that James Jones has developed. Somehow it'll be Andrew Wiggins and we'll all be pissed off by Wednesday. How how pissed punch. would you be if it was straight oh. up an Andrew Wiggins for Devin Booker trade? Oh, oh I would I really you had to throw I no, don't even go there. We talked really ruminate on this. We talked we talked the D'Lo uh, fans down off the ledge and you just <laughs> had them relight their torches. They're ready to burn it Booker all down right now. Oh, I would, I would good. legit just stop doing the podcast. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I would well, do. Well, Minnesota I, actually, Minnesota needs someone just to take Wiggins into their cap space because they need that room for D'Lo because there's no effing way the Nets want uh, that back. You know, the Nets aren't going to do a sign and trade. They've already spent all their money on much better players. D'Lo is on his own, and so a team's going to have to have the space, and Minnesota doesn't. So they're going to, I don't know how they think they're going to convince somebody to take most or all of Andrew Wiggins's contract because he's not even a good player. The, I think the Cavs and somehow with that J.R. Smith deal that you can cut that costs you 500,000 bucks, that's probably the only way they get that done. And if, and I, I was joking, I was can just you trying to. Cavs with Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Andrew Wiggins. They're just they're all just, twenty point three hey, assists. They're all they're all trying to they're just trying to tank so they can somehow get another LeBron eventually there. But overall, uh, I I don't even throw that stuff out out into the universe. And, you know the 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 D-Lo people look. I, I get you're you're pissed off, but I I think you're gonna come around on this in, in the long run. Uh, it, it it may not feel like it right now it may feel like oh crap everything's coming coming down around us but if i can change if i can feel positive about this situation this team all of it any of you can i promise that that's the truth also i i promise i am now going to be officially celebrating and happy when we are in las vegas yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's still time since you threw that out in the universe for that to change. <laughs> so just as a reminder, we will be back 
on Wednesday at uh, 7 o'clock Arizona time for our final episode before heading out to Summer League. Um, if you are heading out to Summer League too, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, Saturday, July 7th, we are doing a get-together for Suns fans um, with Fanning the Flames Saturday, along... July what? Saturday, July 6th. Yes. Seventh Thank and Sunday. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, regardless, this coming Saturday, July 6th <laughs> at the Mirage Hotel, 8 o'clock at night, the Stills, Crafts, and Drafts, and Eats Bar. We are all going to meet there, guys from Brightside, guys from Fanning the Flames. Of course, we'll be there. I'm going to get really drunk. Um, Espo won't because uh, he's the DD that night, but everyone else will be having a lot of fun. I'm the, you can walk anywhere you want in Vegas. The reason I'm not going to get drunk is because I'm fat and it takes a lot. And Vegas is way too expensive. To it takes a lot. <laughs> We're all going to buy Greg drinks. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, so happy free agency. Everybody watching on YouTube, listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate you. We will be back this coming Wednesday at seven o'clock for our next live episode.